This is the Deep State Radio Rant. Hello, this is David Rothkopf, host of Deep State Radio, and I am here with one of our friends, Evelyn Farkas, who is a regular contributor to Deep State Radio, at, also at the Atlantic Council, and a regular contributor to MSNBC. Uh, and Evelyn is participating in one of the very first of our rants, which are audio op-eds, a chance for uh, our experts to get their views out uh, and possibly to get in a little therapy on the side by exercising some of the <laughs> their, their, their nerdy demons. On, on big issues of foreign policy. Uh, Evelyn, I understand that one of the things that really gets under your skin uh, is when people talk about NATO and NATO expansion as being all about Russia. Yes, so NATO has expanded in terms of the number of members that have joined NATO, starting really from its inception. So during the Cold War, we were adding NATO members as well. And it's true that during the Cold War, it was largely about Russia, but it was never only about Russia. And certainly since the Cold War, it's become even more about extending stability and security to more of Europe, to more of the contiguous areas of NATO. And then, of course, there's the transatlantic aspect, which is the U.S. and Canada. So what drives me crazy is when people say, why are we expanding NATO? We're just going to upset Russia. And what's the point anyway? Why should we take on this small country of Montenegro, which has no more than about 60,000 military forces, right? Because they can't actually defend the United States. And why should we defend them if someone attacks them? And again, largely people then say, and Russia's going to get upset as if Russia is going to attack someone because we include Montenegro. Now, knowing Russia, it's not entirely impossible because if we were to include Ukraine, they might attack again or, or attack more because they're already in Ukraine. And certainly when we when we look like we are going to allow Georgia in, they did attack Georgia and they continue to occupy 20 percent of Georgian country, which is which has re realistically formed a kind of veto against NATO expansion. But the reason for NATO expansion is not about Russia. The reason you expand NATO is because it's, it's a collective security organization based on a shared a value system, based on an acknowledgement that democracy is the system of government that will prevail in each member state, and the idea that democracies don't fight one another. And if you're going to extend collective security, that is to say, if you're going to go to the the rescue of another country, that country better have all of its internal disputes taken care of and no border disputes with neighbors. So let me repeat that. If you want to become a member of NATO, you cannot have ethnic conflict in your country and you can't have arguments with your neighbors about borders. And so what does that do? It motivates countries if they want to make sure that they're part of this big club, which means, again, security and stability, it motivates them to take care of their internal baloney. So think about the Balkans right now. People are running around saying, why did we, people, including our president, are running around saying, why did we include Montenegro? Again, like I said, 6,000 military force, 6,000 strong military force, small coastal country in the Balkans. Again, very far from Russia, by the way. But the Russians didn't want us to expand NATO to Montenegro because they see it as a, a competition. 
But again, nevertheless, Montenegro understood they're a part of the Balkans. So they said, we want to become part of NATO so that we can make sure that peace prevails in our country, so that we can make sure we get along with the countries that are our neighbors, that we agree on boundaries. And in fact, Montenegro had some boundaries that were not fully agreed. And, and the biggest, well, there were two. There were, the, the biggest one was with Croatia. And because of the motivation of getting into NATO, and Croatia was already a NATO member, they had to resolve that disagreement. The likelihood of Montenegro and Croatia going to war now is zero over the, over the border. And it wasn't, I would argue it probably wasn't zero before Montenegro became a NATO member, although it wasn't very high. <laughs> but the main point is now you have other countries in the Balkan area who are not NATO members in the Balkan region, and they would like to become members. Next up is Macedonia. Again, small country. They're not going to, you know, be able to, uh, t- t- you know, change the military balance of NATO. But nevertheless, if you include Montenegro, uh, Macedonia, you you then have actually a very interesting dynamic because you have Slavs in Macedonia as well as ethnic Albanians. You've now spread and included some more ethnic Albanians along with the Albanians in Albania because Albania is a NATO member, and spread the area where there's again a lack of motivation for ethnic conflict. And, the, the, and, and all of the other countries that are watching, Kosovo, which has ethnic Albanians, Bosnia, which has very bad ethnic still tension, they're watching very closely. They would like to become NATO members. They're watching what Macedonia has had to do internally to deal with their own ethnic conflict, which ended in 2001. And also in, in order to deal with the tensions they had with neighbors, the biggest one was with Greece about their name. And NATO had told them they can't become a member, that is to say Macedonia, until they solve their problem with Greece. So I probably ranted long enough. Hopefully I haven't confused anyone. But the main point is collective, collective security is about expanding security and stability, creating mutual trust and incentives to solve ethnic, border, and other disputes peacefully. It's not about Russia. Thank you very much, Evelyn Farkas. That was terrific. Uh, I think it was an important insight into an area uh, that doesn't get enough discussion. Uh, and uh, it is uh, uh, exactly the kind of thing that we want to do with our uh, rants. For more rants, for briefs and debriefs, which are uh, longer uh, explanations of, of different developments that are happening around the world for our podcasts, for some special podcasts, for our daily brief, even for our swag store, go to deepstateradionetwork.com, sign up, become a member, and uh, become a member of the Deep State Radio family, which, Evelyn, I'm sure you will agree, is a lot of fun. It's right? a great I mean, family. It's a great family. Join <laughs> Join, join our family, um, uh, wear, drink from our mugs, wear our T-shirts, and listen to people like Evelyn and Evelyn Deep State on a regular Radio basis. is Thank a production of the Deep State Radio Network, a division of TRG Interactive Media. Our podcast today was produced in cooperation with Goat Rodeo Productions and was supervised by Ian Enright. Join us again for another episode of Deep State Radio. If you don't, We know where to find you.